You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. A lot of things to dive into, some topics. You can be part of the program in a variety of ways. You can tweet, email, you can dial us up, do all the above. You can listen, you can watch, youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning to Chat Row. 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning to our great radio affiliates around the country. Last time J.R. Smith played on the NBA's biggest stage, things didn't go well. You might remember that. Game one of the 2018 finals. Got a rebound in the final seconds of a tie game. Instead of putting it back up, he dribbled to the perimeter. Cavs didn't score, lost the game, lost the series. His then-teammate LeBron James was not pleased. But now... It looks like J.R. Smith gets another chance. The gift that keeps on giving J.R. Smith. Lakers will reportedly sign the veteran to replace Avery Bradley, who decided not to join the team down in Orlando. You know, maybe Smith has been given too much grief for the mental mistake in 2018. He certainly is a different personality. Certainly no fan of wearing a shirt. But he's a good player. He's got championship experience. And you're looking for bodies here. I mean, look at the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are going to have a hard time filling up a roster here. We'll get to that in a moment. But we'll see how much J.R. Smith has left. But this move is another indication Lakers are all in to try to come out of the bubble with an NBA championship. And I started to look at what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets because at some point does the NBA step in and say, are they a true representation of an NBA team? DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie both tested positive for the Nets. Jordan is not going to Orlando. That's five guys not going for the Nets. But they still might make the playoffs. So Jordan's the fifth Nets player to reveal that he will not make the trip. Wilson Chandler, he opted out of doing so. He wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, They have a rookie big man. Nicholas Claxton had surgery, so he's out. Kevin Durant's out. Kyrie Irving both ruled out with injuries. Uh, So Spencer Dinwiddie revealed he had tested positive for the virus, but his status is not known yet. Missing the playoffs would not be the worst thing for the Nets, though, because they owe their first-round pick to the Timberwolves, but not if it lands in the top 14. So, you know, they can can reload and be ready to go next year, but I just wonder, uh, Joe Harris is a, a, a pending free agent. I don't know how many quality players they're going to have there, and maybe the league doesn't care how many, just as long as they have a team that is uh, representing the Brooklyn Nets. But that was the latest news yesterday. With And we're looking at about 5%. With all of these leagues, and those have been tested, we saw this with the NHL, you got about 5% testing positive right now. And I think as we dip our toes into the month of July, at the end of the month, we're having hockey, NBA, And baseball. At least that's the plan right now. So, you know, you're seeing spikes with some of these college teams with the football programs. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but they're going to do their best to somehow, some way, plow through this. We'll come up with a poll question, stat of the day, play of the day. We'll check in with our good friend Ross Tucker. He played for the Patriots. Get his thoughts on Cam Newton going to New England. Also, there is a chance the Ivy League will forego a fall football season and play their football season in the spring. Ross, who went to Princeton, 
We'll talk to him about that possibility. Keep in mind, back on March 10th, what was our reaction? What was your reaction when you heard the Ivy League has canceled its postseason tournament? Oh, they're overreacting. Oh, you know what? They're not. A, th- those aren't big revenue sports. That, that, that was the reaction. You had the tennis tournament in Indian Wells that was canceled. Then you had this. And then all of a sudden, we realized the Ivy League was ahead of the curve. And I don't know if they're ahead of the curve. They haven't made a decision. They're just thinking about springtime football in the Ivy League. So we'll talk to Ross Tucker about that. Also, he is the mayor of Flavortown. Guy Fieri. I, Flavortown, it feels like, is... I don't know if there's a place on the map for Flavortown. Wherever Guy Fieri is, that's Flavortown. Guy is from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus is taking down the Christopher Columbus statue. Now there is a petition being sent around, getting signatures on renaming Columbus, Ohio, where Guy Fieri is from, Flavortown. I don't know the guy or person who did this, but I, I love the idea. Just the fact you'd say, you know what? Maybe we change the name from Columbus to Flavortown. All right. Guy Fieri will join us a little bit later on. Yes, Paulie. You're an Ohioan. How, what do you think? Uh, you want to handicap this for us? You think it's going to happen? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but it was a reason to have Guy on. I figure we got 4th of July coming up. Maybe he gives us some grilling tips there. And uh, it's always good to have Guy. He's always in a good mood. Uh, so that's what we have right now. McLovin, do you have a poll question for me? Yes, Paul has an interesting Cam Newton question. Paul does. Okay. But first, I want to ask, okay. just right now, without thinking about it, right. I'm just going to ask you, give me your reaction, like right. a Hall of Fame debate. Right. Which sport is in the best shape, NFL, NBA, or MLB? So you're thinking about it. Well, I don't know. I have doubts about the NFL. And I've said that, and, and I hope I'm wrong. NBA, it feels like they have a little better plan because once you get in the bubble, you know, I got fewer players to worry about. And it, the deeper you go in the, in the playoffs, it feels like the safer you're going to be. It's not exactly a, uh, what is it, hermetically sealed bubble because those working in the bubble, they get to leave and then they go home and then they come back when they're cooking or cleaning, those kind of things. So that makes me a little bit nervous, but I'd say the NBA right now. What else do you have? Uh, Paul's cam question is, I'll let Paul share. Okay, so if you bring, if, you're, if you want run the Patriots, how will you use Cam Newton? How should the Patriots use Cam Newton as a drop back passer to protect his injuries and protect him from hits? or use him as Cam Newton as a read option quarterback, which he is probably the best all-time read option quarterback. This is what happens with NFL teams when they see somebody in college. They get them to the NFL and they try to change them. If I'm bringing Cam Newton in, I'm bringing Cam... He's not a drop-back passer. I'm bringing in Cam Newton to be Cam Newton for as long as he can be that. It's like Lamar Jackson. He needs to improve his passing you know, outside of uh, the uh, the numbers, you know, throwing to the far right or far left, he needs to improve that. But, you know, that's I'm nitpicking a little bit here because they want to try to reduce the number of plays where he's going to get hit. But that's who Lamar Jackson is. 
And hopefully Lamar Jackson understands how to protect himself while still being dangerous, running and passing. If I'm bringing in Cam Newton, I'm saying to Cam, go out there and you have to be dangerous. You know, I, if, if I'm bringing in a back, you know, a quarterback who's going to be maybe starting for me, um, I'm not bringing in Cam to be a drop back passer because I don't think he's capable of being a quality quarterback is just a drop back passer. You have him do both. Maybe you maybe you have something special here and you get a bargain for Cam Newton. Yeah, Paul. Cam Newton's two best years as a quarterback. He averaged over eight attempts rushing a game. Yeah. It was two best years. His, some of his worst years as a quarterback is when he didn't run the ball. Yeah, I can't just let him sit back in the pocket unless they're bringing him in to run Brady's style offense. And that is just dump off passes because he's going to go in there and realize, who am I throwing to? No wonder Tom went to Tampa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to run it probably a little bit more than people expect. This program is brought to you by Traeger, that wood-fired grill. I had some tomahawk steaks on there the other night, and I was the king of the neighborhood. Cooked to perfection. Thanks to Traeger. As my son said, uh, hey, good job, but you can't screw it up on Traeger. And I said, thank you. Thank you, son. I appreciate that. TraegerGrills.com slash DP show to get started. Anything else, McLovin? Okay, I have a Lakers question and an Imani Bates question. Which one would you prefer? Let's do Lakers because I'm going to have to explain who Imani Baker, uh, Bates is, but uh, let's do the, the Lakers. Okay, uh, which Laker would you most want to room with if in the bubble you had roommates? <laughs> I'll give you JaVale McGee, Rashad Rondo, mm-hmm. Deion Waiters, or J.R. Smith. Obviously, the caveat, J.R. Smith, you're not going to see a shirt in your room if you room with him. Yes, Paul. I'm a big Rondo fan, you know, on the court, but Rondo seems like the guy, if, if you left like uh, the cap off the toothpaste, he would slap the floor yeah. and just go after you. Yeah, he looks a little too serious. Great player, big a little, fan. A little too serious. JaVale seems like it's going to be a good time. It's going to be always a good time. You kind of running around, all goofy, arms flying around. I mean, you walk in and JR's got his shirt off right away, right? Definitely. I feel like there's a he's a high-energy guy, too, where like sometimes you just kind of feel like chilling and being quiet, and he's still going at 11. You're like, dude, just chill out. Since they're not testing, it seems like Dion Waiters uh, may be a <laughs> fun guy to hang out with. Huh. I, I'm going to go JaVale McGee. I think that we could probably... Strike up pretty good conversation this there. Is fascinating. Some of the people that are on the, on the well, Lakers. Okay. If I said, hey, you know, the Lakers one day are going to have Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, J.R. Smith, and they're going to be the favorite to win the NBA title. You're going to go, wait, who else do we have? Well, you got LeBron and you got Anthony Davis. And were the favorites? Yes. You got J.R., JaVale, Rajon Rondo, Dion Waiters, and you got Dwight Howard. But that's what you have. That's your favorite going into the bubble. McLovin, anything else? Any other uh, poll questions? Yeah. Uh, do you, you want me to save Amani Bates? Okay. He is a uh, sophomore. Right. And he is probably, he's one of those once in a decade type recruits. At least he's been labeled that. He's been the best player in the state, I think, for a couple of years. He's he just committed to go to Michigan State. And sorry about that. He's got a couple of years, but you know, he's I don't I don't know if he's gonna be going to college by the time he graduates from high school because the rule will be gone and then he'll go right into the NBA. He's that good. By all accounts, 
five-star recruit. He's that. He's and and Michigan State normally doesn't get five-star recruits. Their last one was Jaron Jackson Jr. But they normally don't get those marquee players. They get players that stay for at least three years. Cassius Winston, I think, has been there for six. Yes, uh, Paulie. No offense, but they're not getting this one either. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Nope. Figuratively, theoretically, they're getting him. I don't. I just don't know if he sets foot on campus there. Yes, McLovin. So here's my question. All right. You're going to take LeBron out. All right. Who's the most famous college basketball, uh, sorry, high school athlete of the last 30 years? High school athlete. And I'm going by the SI cover list. And Imani Bates was on the cover when he was 15. But Bryce Harper, 16. Kevin Garnett, 17. Kobe Bryant never made an SI cover, but was a little famous. Zion was a YouTube sensation. And or Imani Bates. And is there any football player who makes that well, list? Well, Bates has two more years here. Yeah, but he's already he's made a cover. Oh, I, I know, but I'm that. saying he's going to become even more famous. Yeah, like LeBron, kind of, right? Where his games yes. will be on TV. Yes. You agree LeBron's in a different category. Oh, yes. Because he could have played football at, at the professional level as well. I mean, we people in Ohio knew that he was going to go right to the NBA. And I, I still go back to that banquet when we celebrated the Cleveland sports banquet and I hosted it. And I remember uh, that you had a couple of people said, hey, could you could you talk to LeBron? He's thinking about going pro. <laughs> so here I'm talking to LeBron and I said, have you have you talked to KG? Have you talked to Kobe? And he goes, yeah, yeah. So I'm I, I'm for, I think I'm giving him advice. He'd already made up his mind, but I'm saying, you know, what's your mom say about this? Like I was just asking simple questions because I'm thinking, Seems like this guy's pretty good. He could go right to the NBA, but here he is asking me, you know, what I think about that. And I, th- I hope that I said, uh, yeah, of course you should go. Not, you know, the college experience can really, really make you well-rounded. I'd go for a couple of years if I were you. Yeah, Paul. Tiger Woods is pretty famous in high school. He hadn't really he got a lot more famous at Stanford. Was Lou Alcindor, Alcindor na- nationally famous yes. in high school? Yes. I know it's a long time ago, but Herschel Walker and Marcus Dupree uh, in the South were very well known when they joined Georgia and uh, Oklahoma. Lou Alcindor, that was, I think, the first press conference where you announced where you were going to school. And that's how famous Lou Alcindor was. When he announced that he was not going to go to St. John's, that he was going to go to UCLA and... You know, that kind of shook up the whole New York metropolitan area because they thought if Lou Alcindor stays, that team is going to win the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's that's how important he was with college basketball. Yeah, McLevin. I pulled up and uh, along that era, the greatest high school athletes of all time, according to Max Prep, they have Jim Brown one and Jackie Robinson two, And they say that Jackie Robinson had gotten a lot of acclaim in multiple sports. Yeah, I don't remember. I wasn't old enough. Uh, Jim Brown. We had just heard that this guy was a great lacrosse player and he was also going to play football at Syracuse. That was sort of how it was framed with Jim Brown. And then he got to Syracuse and they, of course, had that long line of great running backs there. But I remember him being an unbelievable lacrosse player. And I didn't even know what lacrosse was living in Ohio. And uh, then we realized, you know, just how special he was. Ted Robinson was recruited hard in four different sports. Yeah, that's why he's the greatest athlete of yeah. all time. I mean, there's no question in my mind when you say, oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete. No, Jackie Robinson is.
football, baseball, basketball, track and field. And he played collegiately all of those all of those sports. And then he goes and becomes a baseball Hall of Famer while fighting through racism. Uh, you know, they weren't even allowing African-Americans in Major League Baseball. He gets in. He's got teammates who don't even like him and still became a Hall of Famer. So Jackie Robinson is, in my opinion, greatest athlete of all time. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. Your phone calls are always welcome. Uh, see if I have anything else that I missed here. I think that's about it. How's morale, by the way? Good. I heard of some meat cooking later. Uh, yeah, we have some uh, boneless short ribs. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But not ready until tomorrow. So it's going to be the ultimate tease where you're going to smell the ribs and we can't have them until tomorrow. So. Mean-spirited. Yeah, I know. That's what I am. Uh, have we heard from anybody on uh, the uh, Cam Chowder t-shirts? Are we, we still good? We're going to go into uh, production there, Seton. Yeah, we're in production. I think we're good. <laughs> Smooth sailing. Cam Chowder t-shirts for you. <laughs> Cam Chowder t-shirts. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Ross Tucker will join us. What's he think of the Ivy League thinking about spring football? And also Cam in New England. Good fit? We'll find out next. It's 18 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Cam Newton used to be excellent at throwing the deep ball. But not recently. Here's some numbers since 2015 on passes more than 20 yards downfield. In 2015, 2016 is uh, MVP season, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions when he uh, completed passes through passes of 20 yards or more. 2017 through 2019, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now he was injured for most of 2019 and barely played. I just don't know if you bring in Cam Newton and go, hey, Cam, sit in the pocket and let's see what you can do. This, this is not an offense that's, uh, I think, ready for Cam Newton to be that kind. He's not Tom Brady. You know, Tom had to sit back there. Cam Newton, if I'm bringing him in, I'm bringing him in, and hopefully he's Cam Newton, that uh, you know, reasonable facsimile of 2015-2016. Former uh, NFL player, played for the Patriots, and uh, all-around good guy, Ivy Leaguer. He's Ross Tucker, who uh, joins us on the program. I'll give you the official introduction. The uh, Ross Tucker podcast, you can uh, check out Ross's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Let me start with Cam Newton there, Ross. Good fit for uh, both Cam and the Patriots? Well, I think, Dan, it's an awesome move by the Patriots, just in the sense that there's almost no risk and there's a ton of upside and potential reward. I mean, all we're hearing so far is that he's making up to $7.5 million, which leads me to believe it's actually a lot less than that. So it sure as heck is worth a chance from the Patriots' perspective. But I had Andrew Brandt. On my podcast today, he's not even sure Cam Newton ends up making the team when you look at the contract he has. Now, I think he's on the team, but I got crushed by people on social media when I said I don't think it's a lock that he's the starter. I mean, first of all, Dan, Belichick never looks at things from just a one-year time horizon. And so if you think about it, if it's even close between Stidham and Cam, 
He'd rather go with Stidham and have the young, cheap, healthy kid for years to come. Secondly, speaking of health, if Cam were as good as everybody's saying he is, right? Everybody's got all this excitement the last couple of days. I understand it. But if the Carolina Panthers thought that Cam Newton could be the Cam Newton of 2015 or the first half of 2018, they wouldn't have cut him, Dan. I mean, they, they wouldn't have cut him making $18 million to give Teddy Bridgewater more than $20 million a year. Or Ron Rivera, if he thought Cam could be the same guy, he would have been pounding the table. Hey, let's bring him in along with Haskins to give us another option. He didn't do that. So that says a lot to me. How do you think the Patriots will and should use Cam Newton? Well, I think that's probably the most intriguing aspect of this whole thing, right, is because he is sort of the polar opposite of what they've been doing the last 15 years. It's been primarily dink and dunk from the pocket. Cam's strength is the deep in routes, the deep digs, and running the football. So how early in training camp, Dan, do they start to implement those things when they don't know for sure it's going to be Cam instead of Stidham or Brian Hoyer or whatever? But that's what I think you would see from New England. I don't think they brought him in to not run the ball. If he can't run, and I had Booger McFarland say this to me on my show on Monday, if he can't run, I just don't think he's that valuable. And it's a one-year deal. I think at this point, whether he can run the way he used to or not, Dan, the Patriots are going to run him because they have to, and Cam's going to run because he's not as effective if he doesn't, and that's his best chance to get a big-time $100 million deal. Maybe he can be this year's Tannehill. Who knows? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I just don't bring him in. It's like drafting somebody and then saying, we don't want you to play the way you did in college. We want to change you. The beauty of what we saw with Cam when he went to Carolina is Carolina ad- adapted to Cam and made it comfortable for him coming in. You know, Belichick can design all kinds of offensive schemes here and Josh McDaniel the same way. I, I'm with you. I, I got to find out what I have with Jared Stidham. Unless they found out what they have, and now they're willing to bring in Cam and say, let's have some competition. Maybe Cam Newton's our future and not Jared Stidham. I think it's all about options, and Cam gives them another option, extremely inexpensive. I mean, why not? Why not bring in Cam and see what he can do? But you got to remember this too, Dan, and I know you know this, and I know it from my time in New England. Belichick doesn't really care about how big of a name a guy is when he brings him in. I mean, think about all the guys over the years that went there and were never heard from again. Albert Hainsworth, Torrey Holt, John Lynch, Reggie Wayne, Joey Galloway, Chad Johnson. I mean, over the years, the Patriots always get these big names. Oh, Patriots did it again. But then a lot of times, look, some of them worked out. Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, some of them worked out. But a lot of them... That's where their careers went to end. That's where their careers died. If uh, we're talking to Ross Tucker, if you had a chance, you were a free agent, you could play for the Patriots next year or the Buccaneers. Who would you want to play for? Without any hesitation, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, first of all, Dan, I think you know me by now. I'm just going to go to whichever team gives me the more money because that's what I'm playing for. Money, but money's the same. Mo- money's the same. I'm going to Tampa because I think that they have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl 
and win it. You know, I, I've said this to people before. I played for five teams, bunch of different quarterbacks. When our quarterback was Drew Bledsoe in Buffalo, we thought we were going to win, right? When my quarterback was maybe some of the other guys I had, they'll remain nameless. You kind of <laughs> hoped you would win. When, when my quarterback was Tom Brady in New England, you freaking know you're going to win. Even when you don't, you know you're going to win. And so that immediately transfers to Tampa Bay. I don't care if they're down by 10 to the Saints in the third quarter, fourth quarter. All those guys in the Bucks look over. They see number 12. We're going to win. We have Brady. And I don't care what my guys like Devin McCourty and Matt Slater say. They get to the fourth quarter, and we'll see if it's Cam or Zip. But if it's Stidham and they look over, man, I hope this kid has it in him. And I, I'm just saying that permeates throughout the entire locker room, huddle, organization, everything. I think people in Tampa are going to play better. I think people in New England are going to play worse. And I think Brady's a big factor in, in that. Do you have the list of quarterbacks that uh, Ross blocked for? Yeah, I'll name names. Uh, Tony Banks, Chad Hutchinson, Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady. Okay. So – one of those, I was a groomsman in his wedding, so I would not point out that he was one of the ones that <laughs> we were hoping he would win. If you want me to throw somebody under the bus, I'll go, throw Charlie Fry under the bus. Charlie Fry was kind of a we're hoping, right? Let's be honest. In Cleveland, Charlie wow. Fry was kind of a we're hoping guy. Uh, you are an Ivy League guy, as you like to remind us. Um, there's, there's talk, a possibility of maybe spring football for the Ivy League. What do you think of this possibility? Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the one thing I can almost guarantee you, Dan, is that whatever the most cautious or safest option, that's what the Ivy League is going to do. I mean, we know they were the first one to cancel the basketball tournament. Yeah. It's kind of funny looking back on it, how much criticism they got for that. And then the whole world canceled like two days later. But if they feel like there's any threat at all, they're not going to get these guys in that type of risk. And the thing that's unique about the Ivy League is they already don't let them go to the FCS playoffs. So the Ivy League title is already the be-all, end-all. So if they played in April, May, you know, that's basically what their season is. It's not like, oh, now we can't play North Dakota State in the semifinals. They can't go there anyway. So it actually works. The thing I find interesting about it is, there have been more and more Ivy League guys in the NFL recently, guys getting drafted. I mean, every year, I think Princeton had three or four guys the last couple of years. What happens if the NFL drafts in the middle of your season? <laughs> you know, what happens if you get drafted? Five games in, you get drafted by the Bears in the sixth round, and, like, you still have five more college games to play? I mean, it, it, it's a unique scenario, to say the least. It's good to talk to you, Ross. You got, do you think the NFL season starts on time? I do. I think obviously it's all dependent on the next four weeks, the next six weeks, and what happens with baseball and the NBA. Right now, I do think it starts on time. My concern is, is whether or not they're able to finish the season. Everybody watching, listening, please wear a mask. We need football. I need football. Make it about me. I need football this season. Please, everybody. I'm going to make this about you. The Danettes... They have had discussions here of who has physically the biggest head who's been on this show since we started Zooming. Uh, 
Paulie, where do you think Ross Tucker ranks? He's the Michael Jordan of big Whoa. heads. It's not even really that close. Okay. Fritzy? I got to go with Ross. I know he's zoomed in a little bit, and he's trying to sit back as we're saying this, but uh, big head for McLovin? Ross. McLovin? Are we talking like metaphorical, like he's got a big head? No, he's figuratively. Tied? Oh, yeah, it's Ross. Yeah. Uh, Seton? Yeah, I got to go with Ross. Ross, do you have an eight head? I do. I have a very <laughs> large head, Dan, and uh, I got to tell you, it's a legitimate factor for me in my career in the media. I actually lift my neck muscles <laughs> twice a week because I don't want to look like a bobblehead when I'm on Dan Patrick's YouTube show, right? Like your, your neck to head ratio in life is very important. So I lift my neck multiple times a week just so I don't look like a bobblehead when I'm on with you. Your head doesn't fit on my screen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now you just look like a bobblehead. <laughs> you couldn't have the Ross Tucker bobblehead because it, it would tip over. Okay, okay. I got a lot of brains in there, Dan. <laughs> yes, I, didn't, uh, I went to a real Ivy League school, not Dartmouth Whoa, like McLovin. You know what I mean? I got a lot of brains that got to fit in there. Shot. Wait, who, who won the Ivy League title this year? Uh you call the game. Yeah, it's because they're able to get people in, McLovin, that wouldn't be able to get into Princeton. That's how it works. Congratulations. He's Ross Tucker, former NFL player, host of the Ross Tucker podcast and uh, his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Great to see you, Ross. Thanks for joining Absolutely, us. Absolutely, Dan. Anytime. That's Ross Tucker, friend of the show. Uh, Nate in New York joins us. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind? What's up, man? Uh Long time listener, five eleven and athletic two fifteen. Right. Um listen, as far as Cam Newton goes, I was thinking like, don't you guys think it's a great fit because he does the dink and dunk thing and the occasional long ball pass? And as far as being inside the ten yard line, instead of having to worry about the QB sneak at the one with Tom Brady like they everybody else has to use was used to, you have to be prepared for it within within the red zone with Cam Newton now because he can run. Instead of the QB sneak, you got to worry about the RPO. Yeah, and thank you, Nate. I don't know how many completions the Patriots had last year of over 20 yards, but Cam likes to throw the deep ball. It's nice to have somebody to throw the deep ball to, and I think that's why you had a dink and dunk in New England. Plus, keep in mind, the majority of Cam Newton's touchdown runs are from two yards or less. It's a different kind of quarterback sneak. He goes up and over. Brady would go down, down low with the quarterback sneak. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, the receivers, we were just talking about it on this side of the glass. Julian Edelman, possession guy. Muhammad Sanu, possession guy. Nikhil Harry, possession guy. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I don't think he's a speed burner. Like, they have no one to go deep. Wasn't that a theme last year? Yeah. yeah. So that feels like that part is a weird thing. I mean, this is why Brady is kind of defying, you know, what is supposed to be common sense and you shouldn't be working out. He's probably looking around going, I, I, this is great. I got guys who can go deep. I want to go out here and throw footballs to them every day. Mike Evans. Oh yeah. Just start there with Mike Evans. Cause he's on the short list of best receivers in the game. That tight end group is ridiculous. Yes. yes. And then you put uh, Chris Godwin in there. It gotta be Brady's gotta go. Are man, why? So this is what quarterbacks have. They get these kind of weapons there. His receivers can make him look good, 
as opposed to Brady would normally make his receivers look good. I think that that could be reciprocated this year in Tampa. Yes, Paul. But now there's a downside for Tom Brady. If he doesn't play well this season, it will be because of him. They do have a good offensive line down there, and they added offensive line. They've got tons of receivers. They have a decent offensive line. Okay, I guess what I was saying is decent. if he's inaccurate this year, doesn't pass well, of course, they'll still blame the wide receiver core. No, this would be Brady. This would be, you know, it's the offensive line is a concern. It's a work in progress, but that he's got weapons. Yes, Eden. I do like that for at least a brief moment. It flipped to how badly Bill Belichick needs to win this year because of his record without Tom Brady. Like that is he. What is it that he has a losing record? I forget exactly what the numbers are, but without Brady playing, Belichick has a losing record, and that. Sort of the idea is people have this flipped a little bit that this is more about Belichick's legacy without Brady rather than Brady without Belichick. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't believe in either one of those. They, they, they've established their legacies, but Belichick does. I don't think he cares about any of this stuff. Brady cares about it. I think it's because his career is right now. You know, he's got to, what's he have, two more years maybe at the most, it feels like, and He's got to win now. Belichick is, he'll coach as long as he wants to. Patriots last season had 62 pass completions of 20 yards or more, tied for fourth most in the league. So uh, they did throw the ball down the field. I sit corrected here. Tampa led the NFL in pass completions of 20 yards or more with 75 last year. I'm guessing that number's probably going to be around that because Jameis Winston can throw a good deep ball. Uh, and he's got a better arm than Brady. But the yeah, Patriots, I'm surprised with the 20 yards or more. Fourth most in the league. All right, we'll take a break. Phone calls, more phone calls coming up. And uh, we got our play of the day coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. I was told when Penny worked out, Penny blew people away how great he was. And he had injuries, and we never really saw the, the full potential Penny Hardaway, but he had a workout that was an all-timer from what I'm told. Yes, Paulie? Okay, the Orlando Magics traded three first-round draft picks. The 96th first-round draft pick was Todd Fuller. Big man, I think out of NC, NC State. State. The 98 first-round draft pick got shipped to Toronto and became Vince Carter. Oh, ooh. Uh-oh. And then uh, the 2000 <laughs> first-round pick. Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't think it matters who the the other pick was. It yet. doesn't help. Mike Miller, who had a nice NBA yeah, career. Yeah. I'm surprised LeBron didn't reach out to Mike Miller to see if he wanted to join the Lakers. Yes, McLevin. I read Todd Fuller's name recently. The Warriors GM was quoted as saying, we don't think Kobe's ready for the NBA. We're going to take Todd Fuller. <laughs> that was the draft pick? That's a, They took him in 11, I believe. I'll double check oh, this. Was, no. Is that sound right? 96 for Kobe? Yeah. So Todd Fuller, I think, we had two picks ahead of Co- Oops. Kobe. Oops. So they, so they could have had Kobe and Vince Carter. They needed some low post help. They wanted a big man to defend. They stand by the decision. That reminds me of what you told David Kahn not to take Johnny Flynn. <laughs> and then Steph Curry went I, right I know. I, I was like, why, you got to take Steph Curry. 
Play of the Day brought to you by LegalZoom. You can start online. Their network of independent attorneys, uh, they provide advice when you need it the most since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. You don't have to leave your home. You don't get billed by the hour. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information. Warren in Ohio, not to be confused with Warren, Ohio. Hey, Warren. Hey, 5'11 on a good back day, 5'6 when my bad back kicks in, and I'm weighing in at a really unattractive number, so we won't go there. All right. Good morning, Dan. Good, good morning, morning Dan. Warren. Dan hey, I want to stretch the idea of the Ivy League football in the spring a little bit. Okay. It has always been my idea that the college football season should be in the spring, and the college baseball, we flip the script and put them in the fall. Let them start in late August and play their seasons. Let the football guys play in the spring. It gives those college coaches a chance to spend Friday night at a football game in Ohio recruiting and scouting and not interfere with their playing schedule. We get the same thing with baseball. The the, the coaches get a chance to send their scouts out or to go to the games themselves to take a look. Yeah, I don't know how important that is. If uh, And thanks for the phone call, Warren. But the whole spring idea, keep in mind the Ivy League is they're playing each other. And they don't have playoffs. They know a start date and an end date. I mean, they have a few out-of-conference games, but they would probably do spring football and it'd be just against one another. And you would just have an Ivy League title and that would be it. I, I don't know if we're going to be any better in the spring or we're going to be worse, but I think that's what is happening right now. That you know, It feels like everything's on the table. And the Ivy League is not afraid to shut down a sport or sports and not afraid to try something new. And, and I applaud them for at least thinking of that. And they could pull this off. If you had football right after the Super Bowl, let's say March and April, Ivy League football was going to be on, you'd watch it. You watched the XFL and you didn't know anybody in there. You'd watch Ivy League football. I mean, strategically, from a marketing standpoint, it could be great. I don't know, you know, with, with uh, classes and those who might be getting drafted going into the NFL or, you know, going to combines and things like that, it might be a little tricky. But if you started right after the Super Bowl, you would have a two-month window where you're playing football and you'd be the only game in town. Yeah, McLovin. You know, I love Ivy League football, but this idea that coronavirus provides these windows for these sports to become popular, I don't know if it changes our viewing habits. Like, nobody I know has watched Korean baseball and it's had uh, this whole window. I think they, I, I think they're watching. I think they're watching Korean baseball in the mothership because they put it in, you know, a good spot and they, they move uh, Mike Greenberg's show. You know, they kind of preempt that a little bit. They bounce it back and they put Korean baseball in there. So instead of having their flagship show get up, they're moving that back to bring you Korean baseball. I mean, it's the same as people uh, will watch Ivy League football. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, well, as NASCAR's ratings stayed high from the beginning, I don't I'm not I'm actually asking. more more people will watch Ivy League football in the spring than they do in the fall. Would you agree with that? Nah, you I don't think anyone. I've, I don't know. I don't think people are going to be people moving. aren't watching it in the fall. Now they can't watch less <laughs> like an Ivy League football game. I watch sometimes they do Friday night games on NBCSN a few years ago and, and ESPN lately. I tune in because I like all college football, but 
Yeah, it gets if it's mixed in with forty other college football options, you're not going to watch. That's it. why we watch when you have uh, the uh, Mac football. We're watching it on a Wednesday, a Tuesday night. You're watching Maction, right? You definitely watch Maction. Yeah, but it's because it's on Tuesday or Wednesday. You're not going out of your way on a Saturday to go. Uh, who's Kent State playing? Hey, Miami of Ohio is playing. By the way, Seton brought this up, and I forgot all about it. Back in January, Miami of Ohio canceled a men's and women's basketball game. One game. Because they, they were concerned about the coronavirus. Now, they eventually started playing again, but that was back, was it late January, Seton? Yeah, you know, I don't have the date right in front of me, but it was like January 22nd, maybe yeah. 25th, something like that. And then eventually, uh, after just not very long, I guess, they they missed one game, I think, and then they said, oh, well, it's just a false alarm. Yeah. So that was January, and then if you fast forward to March 10th when the Ivy League canceled their tournament, I mean, that's a huge window. Uh, if this is important to you, uh, I'll provide it. The uh, Blazers star Damian Lillard, NBA 2K21 cover athlete. That's according to uh, The Athletic. Uh, so I don't know if that's a, a big deal there. Do they have a curse, like the Madden curse? I don't know if the NBA has that with uh, Dame Lillard. But uh, uh, rest in peace, Carl Reiner. Died at the age of 98, according to TMZ. Carl Reiner. Legendary. Legendary. Movies. TV shows. Rob Reiner's dad. Google him. All right, take a break. Coming up next hour, check in with Pat Forty, covers college athletics. Get his thoughts on Ivy League's proposal. And Guy Fieri coming up, final hour.